There's crispy, and then there's crispy, er. Try our new and improved Tyson crispy chicken strips. Crispy just got crispy, er. What's good, everyone? You're listening to HBCU 468. I'm your host Donovan Dooley from the illustrious North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University. And I'm on the line with my co-host, Isaiah Smalls, formerly of Morehouse College. What's going on, y'all? And Mania Shabazz of Grambling State University. Howdy. The second best HBCU football program in the nation, only behind North Carolina A&T. Aggie Pride. That shade is coming early this year. Just wait. Just wait for the upcoming football season, Donovan. You won't be saying that for long. Uh, Well, I can say it now. So uh, let's get to (laughs) it. We have a good show coming for you guys. Um, If you're wondering what happened to Mr. Roden, um, just know that he is out in New York being great, and so he entrusted me to lead the podcast today because he knew that I would be the best one to do it better than these other guys. Wow. So, wow. No shade, but anyway, let's get to it. Um, co-host. It's all shade. Uh, as we normally do on this podcast, we make our predictions about, you know, what we think is going to be the top storyline of next week. Um, so, Manish Shabazz, I want you to go first. What do you think is going to be the top storyline going into next week? Well, I definitely think we're going to be talking about the NHL in terms of the draft coming up. And it's expected that the Islanders and the Hurricanes are expected to make big moves. Very interesting. Got a little NHL going on in here. I, I, I appreciate it. I we, are, we are in D.C., you know, the Capitals reigning champs. Well, the Capitals are reigning champs. Um, got a shout out to Ovi. Shout out to Ovi. Still my favorite player is P.K. Subban. Uh, for various reasons. But Isaiah, go ahead. Uh, I think we're going to be talking about how Argentina is out of the World Cup. Uh, Messi has not looked like the Messi we've grown accustomed to. Cristiano Ronaldo does look like a god, though, so it's going to be all all him. No more, no more Argentina. They're out. That's interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, and as for me, I think the biggest storyline we're going to be talking about is still going to be NBA free agency. I think we have a lot of Big pieces are still left to fall. Obviously, LeBron has not made his decision yet. PG has not made a decision yet, meaning Paul George. And what is going on with the Kawhi Leonard scandal? So, um, as I say that, it's time to get into the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to lie to you today. We have a pretty good show lined up. Uh, we're going to be talking about, we're going to go in-depth on the 2018 NBA draft. Who's going to have the biggest impact both on and off the court this season? Also, we're going to take a look back to last year and redraft the 2017 draft class based on their performances from their rookie campaign. And lastly, we're going to talk about some beef. Yeah, and I'm not talking about that beef that you got with your with your little arch nemesis in your class where you send a little sub-tweets and y'all just call it a day. No, I'm talking about legitimate beef between two of the biggest names in hip-hop. You might have heard of them before. One's name is Drake. The other one is Jay-Z. So make sure, make sure you stay tuned for that. But first, obviously, guys, the NBA draft just passed, and some of the top collegiate and European players are now about to officially begin their NBA journey. So, guys, when you look at this year's draft prospects and where everyone has fallen, what do you think about the picks? Uh, what surprised you uh, from the draft? The biggest surprise to me was MPJ dropping to 14. I don't know about you, Donovan, but I just couldn't. I just A lot of teams passed on him that really shouldn't. You know, the Hornets... They had nothing to lose. Uh, the Clippers had nothing to lose. The Sixers, I mean, you said the Sixers had nothing to lose. I think that they had a lot to lose by picking someone that has a pretty, pretty bad injury history. So, yeah, 
Uh, MPJ dropping a 14 was very surprising, but I think the Nuggets, you know, are primed to do well this year just because they have someone that was highly touted coming out of high school. And watch out for the Nuggets, Denver. (laughs) Y'all good. Okay, so as far as the draft, you know, I don't think, you know, it wasn't bad or good. It was pretty a normal draft if you're talking about having these big-name players. I just feel like last year's draft had a lot of hype, especially surrounded Lonzo. And this year, I just didn't see that as much. I think that uh, the teams were building, you know, their teams for future years. Um, Colin Sexton going to the Cavs. I definitely think that that's interesting in terms of, you know, LeBron. Like, is this going to be enough for him to stay? You know, I, I don't think so. But, you know, he does play the same position as Kyrie Irving. So it's his first season. You know, he really wants to win. And, you know, he wants to get back to the finals of LeBron. So, I mean, we'll see what LeBron wants to do. Uh, another interesting fact that Colin Sexton will actually have the same number as yeah. Kyrie Irving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you guys think it's enough for him to stay? No. Probably not, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, not at all. It's not. Yeah. It's not. That's pretty much sealed. You're telling me you're going to add a rookie point guard and expect LeBron to stay. But he has, he has dreams, obviously. He's telling LeBron, you know. We could still make it. I mean, Collins a baller now, mm-hmm. but is he enough of a baller to keep LeBron in Cleveland? Um, you have to be a pretty big baller. To yeah, he's just a rookie. So, was there a rookie in this class that would have made LeBron stay? No, 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 <laughs> no. Probably the the rookie that could have made LeBron stay. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I'm gonna say it was probably MPJ. Um, MPJ, Michael Porter Jr. probably had the best upside in this draft by far. Um, but like most people said, he's very injury prone. His injury history um, didn't really help him. It didn't really help his draft status. But if he could avoid all those back problems and there's a reported hip issue out there, if he could have avoided that, he was the best talent in this draft. People are saying he could be the next Durant, the next Melo, the next big thing. So, um uh, Maybe down the line, if LeBron was able to see past the injury issues, MPJ could have been a pick for him. Everybody else in this draft, they're not going to come in. They're not going to help LeBron right away. But Donovan, that's why I don't understand why he was drafted so late. You know, if you're thinking about, you know, the future and building your team, I feel like he would have been a great choice. You know, if you speak about he's going to be like those legends, I mean, I think he would have been a great choice to even go earlier. And Isaiah mentioned this earlier on the earlier on the podcast. And when you talk about all the teams that passed on him, like this is why this is why I feel about it. After the eighth pick, after Cleveland selected Colin Sexton at eight, and you had New York picking at nine. You had Philadelphia picking at 10. You had Charlotte picking at 11. And then the Clippers had back-to-back picks before 14. All those teams that I just mentioned lacked on MPJ. That's true. And I especially think the 76ers lacked on MPJ because you have a chance to pick a guy who could potentially make you into a super team without having to do any sort of trades or free agency moves. If you add MPJ to this squad and he comes up, in the next two or three years and matures into the player that you're that you're hoping to be, you will have a legitimate super team with Ben Simmons, Michael Porter Jr., and Joel Embiid on that roster, no matter what Markel Fultz does. Even though cause he's the outlier right now. And if he if, if Michael Porter Jr. doesn't pan out, you're right back to where you were. It was really a win win situation. You do you were not gonna lose anything if you were filled up by picking him. Uh I disagree with that. The Sixers have really trusted the process in terms of injury history. 
I don't think that Philadelphia fans would have wanted to, you know, trust that process a little but more. We just tasted. Work. We We've just seen the process work multiple times, Isaiah. Multiple times. Ben Simmons has worked. It worked Joel with Nerlens. Joel Embiid has worked. Nerlens. Nerlens. Nerlens was actually a serviceable player. Oh, good lord! No. He was serviceable. Good lord! No. He was serviceable. No, he You're not going to tell me Nerlens Noel was not a serviceable player. Regardless, I think the Clippers were the ones that really lacked because of the fact oh, yeah, that they, they took two point guards back to back with Patrick Beverly still on the roster. I just don't understand. But let's 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 get past this a little bit. So. In terms of breakout stars, who do you think really has that potential to, you know, fill the role that Jason Tatum or Donovan Mitchell, I'm sorry, Donovan Mitchell did last year? For me, Isaiah, a guy that many people are talking about right now that has all the tools to be a very successful NBA player, and I think went to the best organization in the league, is Lonnie Walker IV. Um, when you look at this guy, he's about 6'5", has supreme athleticism, can shoot it, can handle it. Um, you put him in that Spurs system around Greg Popovich and all the great people they have in that organization that's good at developing players, we could be looking at a player that's, you know, two to three years down the line is, is an all-star, you know? And I, I, I speak that highly of him, not only because of Lonnie Walker, but just the, the place of where he went. So projecting a couple years down the line, I would have to say Lonnie Walker as for immediate impact. I would have to say Trey Young. And strictly why I would say Trey Young is because he's going to be asked to do the most in Atlanta. Um, there's not going to be – I don't know if there's another situation that's in the league that's going to be asking a rookie to do as much for them as they will in Atlanta with Trey Young. So I feel like he will have the biggest impact or the biggest downfall. And so that's where I'm going to go with that. Okay, so I know this is kind of a long shot, but I think Grayson Allen. I think that Grayson Allen, I think the Dookie. I like it. I I think he might really be a surprise. You know, Christian Leitner. What? He's gonna be right under Donovan Mitchell, and you know they brought him in. You know, as a scorer, they to help out Donovan Mitchell. So I do think that being under him and. Being with him, you know, that they could lead to a surprise in some years. I don't know. Grayson Allen with the 21st pick to Utah. Wow. In terms of immediate impact, I'm going to say DeAndre Ayton. Uh, forget about all the defensive issues. I personally chalk that up to just lack of effort. Let's let's just be honest. He has all the intangibles. I think it's just lack of effort. Um, I really see them becoming a possibly, possibly, don't get me wrong, a Kobe and Shaq type Duo, okay. a Kobe and Shaq type. So okay, I really think I really think that they can do it, even though the defense you knows gonna be a little holy between him and a him holy? and. What about a big holy? What about um, averaging teams averaging 115 points a game against the holy? Like it's gonna be that holy. I mean, it will. I mean, yeah, but I think that's why they got Mikael Bridges, someone to you know play some defense. But in terms of long term impact, I really think Colin Sexton can be that guy. That man is a dog. Not many people can play three on five. Remember that game against Minnesota? Oh, I three on five, this man had what, like forty points? Forty something points. Really cut the margin down, the scoring margin. Remember when everyone left, they were down by a lot more than the end of the game. And so I really think he's a dog. Obviously he's not gonna make LeBron stay, let's be honest, but I think he's a dog in his own right. You know, especially paired with someone that's really good, like Kevin Love, I really think that, you know, they can have a pretty good duo. 
All right, guys, kind of want to switch the subject a little bit here. In this new age of the NBA, you know, branding and becoming a part of the culture, you know, that surrounds the game has become very, very important. Um, as you can see, some players that were recently drafted have taken full advantage of this. Lonzo Ball was drafted with number two overall pick in 2017. You know, his notable family merchandise and company, Big Ball of Brand, has been the talk of many around the nation. Um, you know, in the past year, you know, not to mention that Lonzo is also not a bad rapper, which leads me to ask this question, guys. Um, who do you feel like will not only be able to lead their franchise, but will be able to lead the culture from this 2018 NBA draft class? I'm going to say Trey Young just because he has the ability to put on a show. He really can just put on a show, flat out score. He can pass and he's going to be in a better system than he was at Oklahoma. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw what Quavo said as soon as, you know, he was drafted. He was excited because the thing about Atlanta is that there's a lot of people in the city that aren't fans of Atlanta sports because they're not from Atlanta. And I think he has the the flat out just ability to draw people in. People are going to start coming to the games and it's going to be really, really interesting. I really like to see, you know, what Trey Young does. Plus, they're definitely putting a barbershop in that arena. So I don't know about you, but I'd love to get my hair cut during a game. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I wish y'all could have seen Mania's face. Wow, a barbershop? Who is your uh, pick for the biggest cultural impact? This is a very interesting question here. Um, I like your pick with Trey Young, um, strictly because he's going to be in Atlanta, which is the cultural epicenter of (laughs) the United States. So, but I've got to go this a little bit different. I'm gonna go Marvin Bagley the third, and the reason I'm gonna go that go this route is because. I listened to his mixtape, and I am a now an MB35 fan. I'm not going to lie to you. I am. Uh, I think he's better than Lonzo. I think this dude might be the next best rapper Fire. in the game. In the game. Fire. Like, better than Dame Dollar? I'm not. If, if MB3, if Marvin Badley give me one more good mixtape, I might be ready to put him over uh, Damian Lillard. Hot takes. Yeah, this hot takes coming at you right here. So I'm going to have to go Marvin Bagley. For leading the culture on this because he's coming out with a new wave, man. This this rap game, he's reinventing. He's taking us back to like early 2000s rap, and I'm really liking it. So let's go with that. The tall tees and everything. Mania, what you got? Um, I think it's going to be DeAndre Ayton from uh, University of Arizona. I think that because, you know, he has all those fans from Arizona, and plus adding, you know, to his fan base of the NBA, you know, doubling it like that. Um, I think that it could make for star potential, especially since he was the first one, you know, taken in the draft and the first, you know, University of Arizona ever taken. I just think that he could really have some star potential. The Bahama boy. Mm-hmm. I see you in the infrastructure. I see you. It's interesting, guys. We kind of mentioned, we kind of been referring to this earlier in the podcast, you know, of, you know, some Snapchat, some snapshots of uh, 2017, as we mentioned, you know, Donovan Mitchell last year, Jason Tatum. Looking back on this two thousand on this two thousand seventeen draft class after their rookie year and their rookie campaign, um, how would you guys redraft these two thousand seventeen draft picks? All right. So first of all, we're scrapping everything. We're scrapping everything. Donovan Mitchell is going number one overall. The way that he can just flat out score, get people involved, they really changed this. Shout out Quinn Snyder by the way because he really just changed his entire offense to fit this man. So I got to go with him number one overall. Of course, Tatum's great. That's why I'm taking him number two. But he didn't lead his team to the playoffs. He did not beat a Oklahoma City Thunder team that 
had Russell Westbrook. That's Mr. Triple-Double. I don't see Jason Tatum doing that. Don't get me wrong. He's a great player, but that's why he's going number two. Um, Number three, I got to go Kuz. Uh, definitely got the keys of the Lakers franchise, in my opinion. But that's all scrapped. The Broncos, uh, Lori Markinen, and then I'm going to go Dennis Smith at number five. Okay, so um, I'm going to have to go with what um, Isaiah had picked, um, just switch around uh, Smith and Markinen. Um, I think that they all possess um, talent and production, especially Mitchell, you know, um, in this season. I think he was a breakout star. And um, they all, you know, have a team built around them, and they can definitely contribute and, you know, to a team that needs help. So, All very interesting picks. I'm going to give you mine very quickly. I got number one, Tatum. Number two, Donovan Mitchell. Number three, Kyle Kuzma. Number four, Lori Marketing. And number five, Lonzo Ball. All right, guys, uh, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we will look. We will take a look at the summer hits coming from Jay-Z and Drake and the ongoing beef that's between them. Mm. Y'all stay tuned. You ain't about it. We moving out. We go and get it and get it. Pull up in farmers like robbers and Porsches. The engines is bigger and different. We talk about it because we about it. We with the business and business. Don't go the script or you can flip. Don't you forget it, forget it. I ain't got time for your energy. She on the wine, I'm on Hennessy. We can be gone for the whole night. Making one hell of a memory. I'm giving hell to my enemies. Walking with God, I got inner peace. I do a show for like 10 a piece. I see little mommy say, Ben, I keep. We take a trip out to Tennessee. Maybe New York and we fly out to Kennedy. Haters be sick to their stomach. I'm hoping they vomit and can't get a remedy. They gon' remember me. Haters keep talking, but they gon' remember me. They gon' remember me. Haters keep talking, but they gon' remember me. You ain't we moving out, we go and get it and get it. Pull up in farmers like robberies and Porsches and engines is bigger and different. We talk about it, cause we about it. We went to bed at the business. Don't put the script, or you get flipped. Don't you forget it, forget it. You ain't about it. We Welcome back, people. Unless you've been living under a rock, you've heard about the new joint, the new joint album with Jay-Z and Beyonce, Everything is Love, that dropped last week. The iconic couple made sure to bring all the shade for this highly anticipated album. From taking shots of, to the NFL, the Grammys, Spotify, Kylie and Kendall Jenner, and also Kanye West. But something that stuck out even more was Jay-Z once again sending subliminal shots towards Drake. Yes, that Drake. Whether you know it, the two have been going back and forth since 2011. But before we dig into this, Isaiah, give me some background about this whole beat that not many people really know about. All right, so the thing with hip-hop is that you got to just note two things. It's very competitive, and it's very, very petty. Um, of course, Drake and Jay-Z have collabed multiple times, but let's just say it like this. Jay-Z's big brother, Drake's little brother. Sometimes when your little brother, you know, steps out of line, you got to put him back in place. And so you can really look at two big moments that really kind of shook everything up. Uh, so let's go to 2014, where we have Drake... In his interview with the Rolling Stone, he said something along the lines of, I don't understand why Drake, why Jay-Z, excuse me, can't rap without art references. Jay-Z took offense to it. In his We Made It freestyle, he called Drake Miss Drizzy. That's just one thing. Uh, then let's fast forward a year. Obviously, we know Jay-Z owns title. Apparently, according to Billboard, Drake spurned Jay-Z two days before the whole title unveiling um and signed obviously a deal with apple music for 19 mil 
So, I mean, obviously, you know, Jay's a little salty. If you guys listen to Boss, he really just came at Drake for not being a boss. Really, like, you can't you can't be a boss if you are, you know, owned by somebody. And he, he tried to offer him that, what, 2.9% ownership. And, you know, Drake was like, no, nah, I'm about to get this paper. Simple as that. So, I want to know, what was everyone's thoughts on the album? Well, for me personally, um, I thought the album was good. Um, I thought it was very well done by Jay-Z and Beyonce. I liked the element of Beyonce trying to come into a rapper. I thought that was very, yeah, that was very like, intriguing um, for this album. You know, it gave me a little, made me feel a little good. You know, it made me feel a little hype. So. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Uh, the worst case scenario was Beyonce pulling out the more poppy side of Jay-Z. No one wants that. No one wants that. However... It was the opposite. Jay-Z really, you know, turned Beyonce to a spitter. And I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, Beyonce has spit before, but in terms of this album, he really put out the the rapper out of her. And I like that. I like that a lot. Well, I really love the album. I just think that there was a lot of shockers on this album and that's what I really you know liked about it I feel like it was a long time coming you know from the lemonade and 444 and we finally get it um although I was disappointed there was only nine songs you know there were so many great songs in there nice boss love happy like I I just loved it I love the combination so whose side are y'all on Drizzy (laughs) Drizzy Drake Really? You're on Drake's side? I can't. That's how you know you're a young bull. I, I gotta go with the old head Jay-Z, man. Drake hasn't dropped the album better than the Black album, better than Blueprint, even better than Reasonable Doubt. No, this is what I'm gonna say. Okay. I'm not gonna say that Jay-Z's pedigree and his resume is better than Drake's. Never. That'd be blasphemous. Not gonna say that. You have some sense. What I will say is, though, if we're talking about right now, who dropping more hits? Drake. That's true, but when you look at the longevity of Jay Z's career and how he's still hot, like every we're listening to Jay Z now Jay-Z in terms is, of this album, is Jay-Z that true? Is so hot. who's the hit? Who's the hit right now? At this on this day, who's the hit right now? Jay Z. Jay Z. No, Jay. But they just put out that album. Many, um, who's billboard? listening how to that album? We're listening uh, to Jay Z right now. How many Billboard singles Drake got? No, he's got a lot. Right, right. I'm not lying. But until Drake can prove to me that he has the longevity of having a career like Jay Z, but not as long as Jay Z. Not as long. Well, obviously. But he does have the potential. Like you said, Drake is a hit maker, and he's gonna be. So, with that being said, you know, do you guys think Drake will respond? Because let's let's think about this for a second. He has not responded to Pusha. <laughs> that boy ain't responded to Pusha, man. I mean, that's, that's one L on his resume. Is that going to affect the way that you, you know, perceive Scorpion, which comes out, you know, the 29th? If he doesn't respond to Pusha or he doesn't respond to Jay-Z? Both. I mean, like, you have two two old heads really, like, calling for your, your head on a platter, man. Like, you have to say something. It's been reported that Drake will respond to the beef on his next album, Scorpion, which is um, set to which is set to debut um, June twenty ninth. Um, but for me, it's not going to really affect the way I look at Drake. Yes, are these L's? Yes, he has taken two L's. Um, but I'm not going to look at him and his music uh, any differently for that. I'm still going to be listening intently to what Drake has produced and what what Drake is going to do next because, like I said, Drake is a prolific hit maker. So I will always need something to bump in my car when I'm driving down Greensboro. So I need that. (laughs) 
These L's are just so disappointing to me. Like, how do you release back to back? Everybody's just like, you know, goes crazy because, you know, he basically won that beef with Meek Mill. And then, you know, you don't respond. Like, come on. Like, we all thought that Drake was going to respond to this. So when he didn't, I was just like, really? And then, you know, you have Jay-Z coming for you, like, back to back. It's just like, you know, you have to say something. It's not going to affect, you know, how I listen to Drake because I love Drake. But, um, you know, I guess I guess we'll see. I'm going to definitely, you know, dispel uh, a lie that Mania just said. Back to back was not that great of a diss. It was great. It was at no. I'm talking in comparison to some of the greatest. Is that a world tour or your girl's toy? <sighs> he had no. Don't get me wrong. The one liners <laughs> were there. Yes, he had the one liners. Those little tweets, the little captions, those were there. But in comparison to some of the greatest this songs of all time, was it better than Ether? Was it better than Hit 'Em Up? Like. No, it was not. No Vaseline. Exactly. I, I never said that this was the best diss song ever. That's what. That's the lie yeah, that you said just that. said. I she never said that. that. I just said that it was good compared. It obviously defeated Meek. It was good enough to do that. That's all I meant. It's coming from his head. <laughs> Go ahead. Back, anyway, okay. Getting back to the conversation that had. It uh, wasn't back-to-back that good of a song. It, it served its purpose. Back to back served its purpose. It's not going to be true. talked That's about true. with Ether, with No Vaseline, with Hit Him Up. It's not even going to be talked about with Pusha T's track that he released <laughs> on Drake. It's not. That was like, crazy. It's, it's just not. Like, you infrared, have a son. Like, infrared <laughs> and then the comeback off that. Like, all of that was just cutthroat coming for you. No chaser, like sniper, like that. That was all that. You know, it's not going to be like that. And I think we talked about this briefly before about how it was a whole PR stunt. I think he said that if he would have released his actual diss track to Pusha T, like it was going to hurt Kanye and all the other stuff. So his please manager was like, "Don't release it or something like that." Yeah, like Drake. We, we know who you are. You would have released it. You just didn't have one. Yeah, like, Jay Prince coming in here talking about, oh, no, don't release it. Stop. Stop pump faking us, Drake. So, so apparently, uh, this is straight from, I hate to say this, it's straight from DJ Academics. Oh, why do we forget him about all However, Drake apparently reached out to him and said that this song will be on Scorpion. I'm just saying. That exact this song or that exact versions of that this song? song. He's not going to downplay it. He's just going to release it. And let's, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to Scorpion. I think, hopefully, I've been saying this for a while. I really hope that signing Blockboy JB to OVO will really bring out the rapper in Drake. I hope so. Because think about who else he has. Division, Party Next Door. Like, these aren't people who spit. <laughs> 901 Chevy Drive. Drake needs to look alive in the Scorpions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, guys, that's all the time we have for today. Is there anything you'd like us to cover or you want us to, you know, shout out? Just leave a comment or tweet us at the undefeated. Hashtag Rogan Fellows. You can also contact us directly. I'm at Donovan Dooley. I'm at St. Claude II. I'm at underscore Mania Shabazz. Thank you, guys, for listening to HBCU 468, the Rosen Fellows podcast. This show is produced by Aaron Matthewson. Special thanks to Karika Foster Bradsby and Kyrie Williams. Get all of the HBCU 468 podcast, as well as The Plug, The Right Time with Imani Jones, and Morning Roast by subscribing to The Undefeated 
on the Listen tab of the ESPN app. Join us next week for another HBCU podcast. And don't forget to make The Undefeated your go-to site for a soulful look at sports and entertainment. Have a great week, everyone. Peace.